Everybody's Talking with T, the talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage the community is on. Greetings, everyone. This is Tanisha Baker welcoming you to the show designed with your interest in mind. The place to go to stay in the know where we pop to the top with what you need to know to stay engaged, educated, and empowered. I'm delighted that you have tuned in to Talking with T. It's December 5th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with famous entrepreneur Mr. Walt Disney and flamboyant rock singer Little Richard. As this is the first show of December 2016, let's note some things on the national calendar. December is recognized as AIDS Awareness Month, National Human Rights Month, and National Drunk and Drug Driving Prevention Month. Since it is a new month, it's time to kick off our new theme. The theme this month is Do Right December. Knowing the right thing is easy, doing the right thing can be hard. Each week, I will highlight someone doing the right thing. You will also be encouraged to seek truth, act appropriately, be honorable, and ethical. Simply said, do right. In addition to acknowledging someone who is doing right, we may just take a look at someone who needs to do right. I'll let you think on that while we move on to our doing right highlights. Normally, this next segment would be called the happy highlights, but this month it will be the doing right highlights. So the first doing right highlights a little boy in Defuniac Springs, Florida, who called 911 to invite police working on Thanksgiving to have dinner with his family. Officer Monica Webster said that with all the bad calls we take on a daily basis, this one was a welcomed, happy call that made us all smile. The second Do Right highlight is about outdoor clothing retailer Patagonia, who reached a record-breaking 10 million in sales on Black Friday and is donating every single dollar to help save the environment. Patagonia is giving 100% of their global retail and online Black Friday sales directly to grassroots nonprofits working on the front lines to protect our air, water, and soil for future generations, as reported by the Huffington Post. Keep it where it's at, I'll be right back. You're inside Talking With T. Wondering why am I here to make up? Swear it's a lie. 
Well, it's that time in the show where we welcome the know-it-all, Professor Jay and our lead investigator, most often instigator, P.I. Pam, as we cover trending news and the Monday Minute Quick Bit. So before I jump into our first story, I just want to check in and see how the both of you are doing today. Wonderfully well, as always. Yes, and I'm fabulous. That's great. Well, we're going to start uh, with the report of a plane crash in Colombia that killed all but six people traveling with the Brazilian soccer team. This was indeed a sad and tragic event. Among the victims were around 20 journalists or so that were set to cover the story of this soccer team that had been described as unlikely champions. So fans and family, along with many of us across the world, mourn the loss of the team and those traveling with them. It is speculated that the plane possibly ran out of fuel. Okay, so did they not put enough? It just seems, I don't know, it just seems crazy that they run out of fuel, knowing how long the flight was and knowing they should have got gas before then. But they did say the pilot told the co-pilot, I think we're about to run out of gas, you know, just casually. Like, I would tell you, Tanisha, we're about to run out of gas. Right, but... You know, we can pull over on the ground. I guess it's not so easy in right. the air. Yeah, so, again, that was really a sad story to just lose that many lives. And if it was over, just a miscalculation of fuel, that kind of even makes it worse because, you know, it could have been avoided. Well, an Ohio State University student plowed his car into a crowd on campus and then started stabbing people with a butcher knife which resulted in 11 people being sent to the hospital before the officers shot and killed him. Abdul Razak Ali Artan had posted on his Facebook page that he had reached a boiling point. He also said, and I quote, America, stop interfering with other countries, especially Muslim Ummah. We are not weak. We are not weak. Remember that. So with that being said, I think many are stating that his attack is in alignment with terrorism. Right, right, right. And um, this kind of hit close to home for me. I've got a friend who works at Ohio State University, and as soon as I saw that that incident occurred, I was immediately concerned. And also interesting enough, I saw on the news here in Memphis that There was a report that this gentleman, if we can call him that, also had previously gone to Washington, D.C., and it wasn't really clear if he was planning an attack in Washington, D.C. or not. So there are so many unanswered questions, but definitely it's a a sad act of terrorism that has hit an otherwise pretty much quiet university because you don't really hear too much about Ohio State. Right. Right. Well, Tuesday, I read that hundreds of Chicago O'Hare airport workers went on strike, including the janitors, baggage handlers, cabin cleaners, and wheelchair attendants. These workers are asking for $15 in hourly wages. Now, some of them are only making $10.50 per hour, which is the minimum wage in Chicago. So although they went on strike, It was reported that uh, everything went on, operations went on as usual at the airport. Well, now, as someone who has recently flown, you know, I 
I'm not going to argue with the fact that that perhaps they are justified in asking for more because they have a very essential job to, you know, making sure that those of us who fly the friendly skies on a frequent basis or infrequent, as it were, have a pleasant experience. You know, the the moment that the cabins are not clean, you know, we want to complain and when uh, grandmama can't get to the gate in time because her mobility <laughs> is impaired, you know, you're going to be looking crazy like, you know, how, 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 how come my deer can't get to the gate? Well, my deer right, can right. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And, and in today's economy, I don't think $15 is unreasonable. I mean, that is generally a full-time job, and many people make a living in the airline industry. So I could see that it may be difficult to raise a family in Chicago on about $10 an hour. So I hope they get what they want, and I'm not sure if the strike is still continuing or not. Now, Kanye West was released from the hospital after his recent breakdown, which actually occurred on the anniversary of his mother's death, and I just don't think that he fully recovered from his grief over her dying. And I don't either. When he was recently on the Ellen DeGeneres show, you could see that Ellen was definitely side-eyeing some of the remarks that he made because they seemed to be rather random. And there was a Facebook post that gave a mashup of all of his most random remarks from that particular appearance. And I was sitting there looking like, what in the whole world is really going on? So, you know, again, he's bringing light to the fact that mental illness is real in the African-American community and that, you know, even superstars are not exempt. And I hope that during the time that he was in the hospital that he's gotten the necessary help that he needs or at least started the process to becoming whole, so to speak, and dealing with the death of his mother. So we send positive thoughts his way and prayers his way that, you know, like I said, that he'll be at 100%. Yeah, yeah. One of our listeners actually from Memphis, Crystal Askew, who's a faithful follower and offers a lot of insight to some of the stories that we do. She mentioned that, you know, a lot of people made fun of some of his recent antics and his crazy behavior. But at some point, maybe we should have thought something's wrong with him. You know, there is something disturbing going on with him and that he needs help. And like you just said, Jay, often it goes unrecognized, particularly in the African-American community. And therefore, it gets worse and worse until all of a sudden, you know, sometimes it's beyond a point of return. So I'm with you. I hope that he gets the help that he needs so that he can get back to his art and be a solid member of his family and be able to contribute to his family. Yeah, but stay away from the Kardashians. They drive me crazy. I still I still fault them too. So carry on. You don't th- you th- wait a minute. <laughs> Just a minute. You think it was the Kardashians that drove them crazy. I, that, they partial look at Paul Lamar. Lamar was straight before he got with Chloe and then next thing you know, he was in love with Coco and then I don't, I don't know what happened. Look at it, then poor Robin. He was, he was the brother. They stressed him out, so he got five hundred pounds. Rob Kardashian, <laughs> the brother. Okay. 
So you said there's some Kardashian hoodoo in there somewhere. Yes, it's it's some hoodoo, some voodoo, some chickamoo, some something. Hmm. Well, you know, the men that exactly. get entangled, you're right, the men that get entangled in that seem to have something go awry uh, in their lives. So I don't know. We'll put a pin in that. You might have something there. The Minneapolis Star Tribune had run what should have been a nice story about the Mall of America's first black Santa. Retired U.S. Army veteran Larry Jefferson said that people mostly see, you know, a red suit and candy and that Santa represents a good spirit and he just wanted to be a messenger to bring hope, love, and peace to girls and boys. But after the paper ran the story, and this is sad, they had to disable the comment section because it became overrun with racism. In the article, which you can find a link on my website, it mentions when Megyn Kelly said that Santa just is white. She also said that the person is just arguing that maybe we should also have a black Santa, but Santa is what he is. Now, I'm not personally sure why there is a debate over Santa or a controversy over what color he is. I mean, he could be purple, blue, or green because, and let me just say it's a spoiler alert, for most of us, Santa is whatever color your parents are because we know that this is a fictional representation of the winter season and the Christmas holidays. So I don't know that it should really matter, but I am surprised in 2016 that we are not willing to accept diversity in the North Pole. Exactly. And interestingly enough, you know, having grown up mostly in Memphis and spending part of my childhood in Knoxville, it was not until the latter part of my childhood that I saw an African-American Santa Claus in the mall here in Memphis, Tennessee. And like you said, Santa Claus is whoever, you know, our parents are, who we envision him being. So it's really an, an indication of a small mind for a group of people to say that Santa Claus cannot possibly be black. Right. And to dash the hope of thousands of children, you know, who come to the mall expecting to see a jovial figure who represents for them the, the meaning of Christmas. So right. I, I'm right. just, I'm, I'm really appalled myself. And getting ready to be 2017, we're still having this debate discussion. Let's Santa, mm-hmm. Santa, let's Santa be great. And keep in mind, a Santa Claus. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, pal. What'd you say, Jay? I said, I got, got stuff on my list that I want. So, you know, <laughs> I'm going to put out my list to Black Santa. You know, <laughs> down here, we got Black Santa. Yeah, right. And then I guess I guess they haven't heard the song they used to play on WJBE back in the day, Santa Claus the Black Man. I don't know who I don't know who sung that song. I used to think it was the Jacksons, but somebody told me it wasn't. So oh, okay. It uh, Rodney Rodney Allen Rippey or somebody. I don't know who it was, but it used to come. Well, I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna find out. <laughs> and what is it? Santa Claus comes straight to the ghetto. I mean, how many? Can you honestly see a white Santa Claus coming to the ghetto? Let's just let's just keep it one hundred here. <laughs> well, I'm gonna try to find those songs and post them to the website and the social media pages for the listeners. But I tell you what, I encourage you to actually read the whole article. It is very well written, and I applaud the the journalist who actually wrote this article. 
We'll move on and talk about comedian Ricky Smith, who was awarded $6,000 by the restaurant chain Olive Garden after a waitress at one of the Ohio locations says she didn't like serving black. An employee at the restaurant then called the cops, told them that Smith had sexually harassed someone and was ordering drinks for minors. Police then arrived at the restaurant and removed Smith. Now, after the incident, the VP of operations called Smith to apologize, gave him a $1,000 gift card, as well as donated an additional 5000 to Smith's charity, Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, which is also known as Rake. The restaurant manager and waitress are now on leave, as Smith tweeted that he asked for them not to be fired over this, saying that no need for anyone to lose their job during the holidays. Last week, we spent quite a bit of time devoted to the protests against the Dakota Access Pipeline, and as an update, nearly 2,000 veterans made plans to give the protesters a break. The veterans said that they wanted to give the protesters, some of who had been there for months, some peace and take a little bit of the pressure off. Wait a minute. As I was looking at information to make sure I had the update correct, it was reported Sunday evening that the Dakota Access Pipeline is to be rerouted. So it appears that the protesters have indeed won. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And you see what can happen when you all stick together and join forces. They, and they, they did not them. back down. They did not back down. They did not back down at all. Good for them. Yeah. Now, an orange man created a hostage situation after trying to rob a bank in Jacksonville, Florida. All the hostages were rescued and none were injured. But I'm sure it was still a pretty scary scene because the gunman threatened to kill the hostages several times. He would even put the gun to the back of their head. And the reason I actually included this story is because I always wonder how in the world people think they're going to get away with crimes like this. You know, when we talk about the terrorist attacks, where sometimes the attacker either plans to die or is willing to die, that's one thing. But if you're robbing a bank, you obviously plan to live to spend the money. So I was trying to think, why do people think that they're going to get away with this? And then I said, well, let me just see how many people get away with this type of crime. And I learned that about 60% of people get caught the same day. But now that shit is new light because if 60% get caught, then that's 40% that are not getting caught and actually getting away. So I'm assuming now that these robbers are hoping to be a part of the 40%. So that's just a little talking with T trivia there for you. Okay, well, come on with these statistics here. <laughs> um, former NFL player Darren Sharper was sentenced to 20 years in prison this past Tuesday for drugging and raping two women. It is reported that multiple women across the country have accused Sharper of sexual assault. There are cases filed in multiple states, and I can just say shame on him. And people think that when we talk about the rape culture, we're living in some type of fantasy, but we could actually report a story similar to this every week if we chose to. So that culture is real, and we really need to be vigilant in trying to protect our women 
and sending a message that sexual assault on women is not okay. Okay, let's go straight now to trending news. And the first story is extremely close to home for many of my listeners. As fire spread quickly this past Monday across the Gatlinburg, Tennessee area, many homes, resorts, and businesses are nestled there in the midst of the Smoky Mountains. And sadly, the haze that hovers over the mountains was not that of the typical fall that creates that smoky appearance, but that of a real wildfire. At last count, 13 people had been killed as a result of these fires, and some people are still unaccounted for. My heart just goes out, not only to the families of the victims, but to those that lost everything in the fire, including their homes, their businesses. The most recent story on CNN, which I've linked to on my website, offers a pretty detailed coverage of the fires and the devastating loss of life and property. Obviously, there are many sad, sad stories, but there are also stories of survival and hope as Gatlinburg vows to rebuild. Hundreds of volunteers rush to the aid of the city and the victims, and we can't forget the tireless effort of the firefighters. I read that some of them had worked up to 30-hour shifts, and I'm telling you, it's just heartbreaking to see people standing over charred rubble of what was once their homes, and as people posted their homes on Facebook and talked about their loss. It, it was just sad. And then to find out from recent reports that people did not get notifications to evacuate due to disabled phones and Internet service. So, you know, due to this communication failure, many didn't hear about the request to evacuate. Yeah, they said they weren't getting good reception up there and all this and it was just it just happened so fast, I guess, with the winds just blowing the, the flames further and further and it just it just really like just went from bad to worse in like no time. Right, right. I remember when the story first broke there was a man there that went straight to the media because he couldn't find his family and over the hours in which the fire was still burning and people were trying to assess the damage. Every so often on the news, you'd see him and they them running a story where he was still looking for his family. And sadly, just found out yesterday that his family indeed did perish in the fire. And so I think many of us were pulling for him. And I think it was just, he just happened to be the face that we were familiar with because he was one of the first stories um, that they aired of someone looking for their family. And there have been many since. But, of course, we were all hoping for a better outcome. Yes, that was. I was praying that the wife and the two daughters would be found somewhere, because, you know, you read the story about the woman finding her husband after some days. He was in mm-hmm. a different shelter. You know, and a lot of people don't know people's phone numbers because they're logged in their phones under just names. And right. So he couldn't call because he didn't, he didn't know her phone number. And, you know, you think about things like that, and I think, I just don't know people's phone number either, you know, mm-hmm. certain people. Yeah, right. Gallenberg was not the only place devastated by fire this past week. There was a fire in Oakland, California, in a two-story warehouse called the Ghost Ship. Last month, the owners had received notice that they had some code violations for hazardous trash and debris. Not only that, the building only had permits to be used as a warehouse. 
and not for residences. So the building burst into flames this past Friday night during a dance party. At least 33 people have been confirmed dead so far, with still much of the building left to be searched. People were still arriving at the warehouse when the fire started. The warehouse was used as a living and working art space. So the second floor of the building had only one escape, and that was down some stairs they said were made out of like some wood crates, I think. And then when the glass roof crashed, several fatalities are of those that were trapped on that second floor. Additionally, firefighters found no evidence of fire sprinklers in the building. So it's reported that it could take weeks to identify all the victims using DNA and dental records. But again, I just, I don't know what the deal is with these fire stories lately. And I'm not rushing myself to think about dying. But I just can't imagine being trapped in a fire. You know, um, I remember one of the guys saying that he had gone in to try to get his roommate out and that his skin was starting to melt where his roommate had twisted his ankle, and at some point he realized that he was going to have to leave him. And I thought, you know, that's going to haunt him for a long time. He made it out, but his roommate didn't. And uh, Wow. Yeah. And there are still people waiting on answers, you know, wanting to see if their families are there and, uh, you know, who made it out and who didn't. And I guess amidst all the chaos, it's just kind of hard. And like you said, when there's a fire, it's hard to identify the victim. Most of the time, they have to wait on dental records, and that can take weeks to, you know, really. And if you know someone's in there, you still have to positively identify them. Mm-hmm. And right. I don't know. That's just It's just a long process. Yeah. Well, next, protests were sparked again in North Carolina. When the cop that killed Keith Lamont Scott was cleared, as the DA claimed that a gun was recovered at the scene and not a book, as previously stated by Scott's family. District Attorney Andrew Murray said that evidence showed that Scott ignored at least 10 commands from the five officers at the scene for him to drop his weapon. The gun had been stolen in Gaston County about 18 days prior. And one bullet was found in the chamber of the gun with the safety off. Scott's DNA was also found on the grip and the ammunition slide. So I don't know, you know, if this totally justifies the killing of Mr. Scott or not. But what I do know is that we cannot give trigger-happy police, who seem to be anxious to take down our black men, a reason. And I've said it before, and, you know, some people may disagree with me. But I think that we can cut down some of this if we don't give them a reason to stop us or to confront us in the first place. Now, I'm not sure that their reason to confront him was even justified. But if you have a gun or if you're not obeying their request, that obviously gives them just what they need to move forward and use deadly force. So, you know, sometimes it's it's like a catch-22 if you're, you know, subordinate with what they're saying, if you're doing everything they say and they still shoot you, then if you being defined and then they still shoot you again, it's just, I mean, sometimes you just don't know what to do. And I guess people get like that, like, well, should I say something? Should I not say something? Right, but the odds are in your favor if you do comply and do the right thing. I mean, the odds are in your favor. Right. 
if you are living a life that would reduce the chances of you even encountering the police in that type of situation. Right. Right. Well, meanwhile, uh, the family of Brendan Glenn reached a $4 million settlement. Now, Glenn was killed in May of 2015 by a Los Angeles police officer who claimed that he was reaching for his gun holster. When the video showed that Glenn, who was actually a homeless man and lived along Venice Beach, was nowhere near the gun. So in this day of cell phones and quick videos, you know, they were fortunate to see that that police officer's story was completely fabricated. Before we end our time, I just have to mention one more story, and that is about former NFL player Joe McKnight, who was killed during a road rage incident. It was said that Ronald Gasser fired three shots, which all hit McKnight through an open window. Gasser stayed at the scene, and he was taken into custody. Then he was released without charges. So keep in mind that in 2006, in nearly the same location, Gasser was involved in another road rage incident in which he confronted a man and had hit him several times. So I might still be a little confused as to why he was not charged. I'm, I'm really unclear on that. But we're going to have to continue to follow this story and see what happens. I mean, it seems clear cut. So I don't, I mean, that should be illegal, I'm pretty sure. I don't know why he's not charged. Yeah, because it seems like all the cards were there, all the evidence was there, and he went into the police station, and they just let him go. Even with witnesses and evidence, they just let him go. So I don't, I'm, yeah. I'm really interested how this is going to pan out. So I'm sure yeah. that you'll stay on top of this and keep us informed. And you probably can find that on Talking With T. So yeah, of course. There. Of course. Well, I'm telling you, there were so many noteworthy stories in the news this past week. We just couldn't get to them all. But if the listeners really want to stay informed and get their daily scoop of trending news, they can subscribe to Talking with T Daily, which is our online newspaper, or follow us on social media where we keep up with the latest in the news and post regularly. But for now, that's it for this bit. And I can't wait to hear what Professor J and P.I. Pam have to say next week. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it. All right, now. For my listeners in Knoxville, Tennessee, make sure you come out and celebrate Winter Wonderland this upcoming Thursday, December 8th from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. We will kick off the festivities in Hardy Park and then move on over to Tabernacle Baptist Church. There will be food, fun, and entertainment as we fellowship and celebrate the East Knoxville community. Then on Friday, head over to the Knoxville Museum of Art for the Alive After Five Holiday Dance Party starting at 6 p.m. and featuring Soul Connection. On Saturday, December 10th, is the Mother and Son Gala at the Beck Cultural Exchange Center starting at 6 p.m. Tickets are $30 and include admission, two 5x7 memory photos, food and beverages. Also on December 10th is the Jingle Jazz Christmas Concert featuring Brian Clay at the Red Piano Lounge from 9 p.m. until midnight. For more announcements and events related to Knoxville, check out www.thevillageofknox.com. 
the place for positive community outreach. Be reminded that you can now call in and leave your thoughts and opinions on topics or issues, and your call just may be featured on an upcoming show. The call-in number is area code 865-409-1170. Again, that call-in number is 865-409-1170. Make note that I am still looking to share and highlight music from rising artists. I also look forward to more submissions for T's Top Teens and Hometown Heroes. I am anxious to get some artists and featured guests lined up as we approach 2017. Well, once again, we've come to the end. But stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Remember that you can listen to Talking With T anytime on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or Google Music. New shows drop each Monday. Subscribe to Talking With T Daily, the online daily newspaper, to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. Wrong is wrong, even if everyone is doing it. Right is right, if only you are doing it. Remember where you heard the word and keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking With Tea.